Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Uh, and as always on Mondays, we visit with Joe Cook, InsideTexas.com beat reporter uh, for the University of Longhorns, uh, University of Texas Longhorn football program. Uh, Joe was at the uh, press conference today with Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, not only did uh, Sarkeesian make himself available, but also a number of uh, key players. And there's a lot of news coming out of today. Let's start with maybe the, the biggest news, and that's B. John Robinson kind of doubling down on he's coming back to Texas next year. Right, yeah, B. John Robinson showed up with a big brace on his, on his elbow uh, after dislocating it against Kansas, held out last week, out for the rest of the year. Um, and it was kind of curious to see him there. You know, he's an injured player. He's not playing, not a senior, and that's what's going on this week. Uh, but it sounded like he wanted to come out and make sure it was pretty clear that He's going to be back. He's going to be playing for Texas next year. And, you know, about 10 years ago, these questions don't even come up in the age of the transfer portal. You, you have to ask it. And I'm, I'm glad it was asked. I think Bijan knew it was going to be asked. And he was very clear that, hey, he's going to come back. He's going to be in burnt orange. He's going to play football next year as well. So uh, good news there on that front. Also talked about just the, the elbow dislocation. Um, said that he wanted to go back in the game. He thought that if once they popped it back in, X-rays were negative that he could try and play, which kind of speaks to who Bijan is. Uh, but the doctors told him, hey, that could pop out again and we could have a bigger issue. But uh, just, you know, he said he'll be cleared in a few weeks and be able to go through off-season conditioning and uh, get himself ready for the 2022 season, which by all accounts will probably be his last in burnt orange. Yeah, one of the things Eric and I discussed last week on team needs going forward is, is the attrition that Texas might have through the transfer portal, not necessarily guys coming in, but guys leaving. As part of that, senior day announcements uh, came out today as well. Um, and so the guys that were expected for the most part are taking their time and, and going to go ahead and, and graduate and perhaps move on. One interesting name that put himself into the list of senior day graduates, even though he uh, is only a junior by classification, is starting nose tackle, the Keandre Coburn. Yeah, that was the one that, that stood out to me. Um, other guys uh, who are juniors, it's a lot of walk-ons um, and a lot of guys who are a little bit further down the depth chart. Keandre Coburn was the only starter. Uh, he's, I think he started all but one game at nose tackle this year. He started plenty, uh, He's a, but he's a fourth-year junior. And, uh, you know, he's a guy who has given a, a lot of effort in his time at the University of Texas, but is ready to start trying to earn some, uh, earn, get paid to do it. Uh, so, uh, you know, sometimes kids make those decisions and uh, you, even if it is against what some other, uh, what people may think they should do, they're in charge of their own career. And uh, Keandre always believes that it's time for him to, to go somewhere else. Most likely, I think he's making this decision with eyes on going, going to the pros. Uh, that's not exactly clear, but I think that's the the. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask. I mean, is he going to another college program? He he going to test the NFL waters? I it, he he wasn't made available today, but this seems like a move going to the testing the NFL waters. Okay. Because, mm-hmm. Three that didn't know that are big names uh, that didn't are, are chose not to walk on Senior Day. Uh, three starters: Deshaun Jameson, yeah. Anthony Cook. And DeMarvian Overshone, all defensive players uh, with some, you know, uh, you can say what you want about the defense, but those guys would probably be three starters next year. Absolutely. Uh, and I asked a Texas official just to make sure, hey, that doesn't mean they're coming back, right? And no, it's a 
it's a way for them to leave their options open, uh, especially with the COVID eligibility year. All those guys, I think, are, are fourth-year seniors. They've played all four years they've been there. Uh, so they, they would have that fifth year available to them to try and put some more tape out for, for the NFL. And I think that's where all those guys have aspirations to go. Um, with Overshown, it's very interesting just because, you know, think about what the past couple of years have been like. Uh, he moves to linebacker, but ahead of the 2020 season, but he's, you know, COVID happens and there's no spring. Uh, basically, he only gets the summer. Does okay, uh, but he, he's there's a lot of learning curve at that linebacker position that he wasn't able to drive himself. Then last spring, he was out with a shoulder injury. So he's never really, uh, there's been a lot of practice time missed for him uh, in order to try and nail that linebacker position down, even with being Texas' leading tackler and showing a lot of success. It, there, there's still, I guess he believes there's a, there's a potential for him to improve his stock at Texas. And I think the same goes for both Cook and Jamison. Uh, both those guys have had solid years, not spectacular by any stretch of the imagination, just because they're part of that whole defensive product. But, you know, it's hard for me to think like, oh, man, that game was lost because of Jamison or that game was lost because of Cook. Uh, and they're guys who, like I mentioned, they they want to have uh, NFL careers, but they they may want to see if they can give it one more try. Because remember, even Deshaun Jamison, his freshman year, he was a wide receiver just because of depth issues at that position. Uh, so, you know, he, he may want to elect to use a fourth year at that position. Anthony Cook moved from corner to nickel. He may want to elect to get another year at that position and uh, give their best chance at it for the, you know, the 2023 NFL draft. But that just it's keeping their options open. There's no guarantee that that's going to happen in this case. Well, if Cook and Jamison weren't to return, Texas, a, a secondary that already is underwhelming, right, with with uh, Brennan Schooler, B.J. Foster, Josh Thompson, uh, and then Cook and, and, and Deshaun both leaving. If all five of those left, that Texas would have to replace five starters in the secondary. Yeah, um, that's so, Darian Dunn's leaving too. He's being yeah. honored as part of senior day. So that basically leaves you uh, Keaton Crawford, who you're unsure a little bit about with his uh, development and also after having an injury. Jaday Barron, who's played extremely well. So that, that there's a guy that you have some confidence in. Uh, Jaron Thompson, he's been up or down like everybody else. Uh, and then Chris Adamora, who could play, you know, a, a couple different positions, but hasn't broken through yet at that spot. So, yeah, a lot of uh, there, there's some guys who you know a little bit more about than others. But replacing all five members of your secondary uh, or starting secondary, if that were to happen, that's a tough task. Uh, for the, the defensive staff and Steve Sarkeesian. You know, it could be addition by subtraction at some level because, I mean, no offense to the, the existing starters, but they haven't played well. The corners have played okay. But but the safeties in particular, not including Anthony Cook, who's more of a nickel. Um, I, I think that that the safeties that are currently there just never quite understood the defense uh, and they're and they're fit within it for whatever reason. And, and they've played like that for most of the year. Um Question that you asked Sark specifically in this press conference. Uh, what was it and what was his response, Joe? Yeah, I asked him basically, you know, the game's on Friday. So come Saturday, what are what's an area that you know right away that like, okay, work has to start now. I got to work on fixing this right now. And he gave me three things. He said pass rush, which we can all agree with. Offensive line depth, which was tested this year, and I think we can all agree with. And then uh, something different, but that's just football is just getting healthy. It's getting guys back 
uh, and they're going to have someone back in Jacoby Jones for this final game, his final game in burnt orange. Uh, but he, he, that's, that's his priority, getting guys healthy and having guys ready to go through spring ball. But, you know, we've heard Steve Sarkeesian mention how the game is won and lost in the t- trenches first and foremost. That's his belief. And that that's where he identified. And we've seen pass rush has not been a, a strength of this team for the past several years. I think only really you, you look at Joseph Osai as the, the best pass rusher of these past few years. That's about it. That's about yeah, and, all the and Osai was not a great pass rusher. I mean, right. he, he was, was good. But he was player. Yeah, he was he was he was uh, definitely not a pass rush specialist. Right. Um, and some of that has to do with with the scheme that you've seen. I mean, that even goes back to the uh, Todd Orlando defense and uh, uh, in, in, in some of the three down stuff that you've seen this year. But no matter what, who it's been, they ju- there just hasn't been enough pass rush pressure. And even as a result, uh, you know, where Sarkeesian tried to bolster that part of the roster last year with Ray Thornton, Ben Davis, Ovia Gofu. There's been effort made, obviously, but uh, the the effort needs to be more fruitful, and it seems like that's going to continue this this offseason for Steve Sarkeesian. So Thornton and uh, uh, Davis are both gone. Mm-hmm. Agofu is uh, theoretically coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, any other interesting questions that that you heard today that you thought elicited some some strong responses uh, from uh, from Sarkeesian? Uh, quarterback's always going to be uh, a big thing to watch with this program he called both Hudson Card and Casey Thompson day to day but said if you know probably it'd be Casey Thompson I think that has to do with with health for the most part Casey's been able to play through that thumb problem for most of the year and who knows how aggregated aggravated it was against West Virginia like we saw Hudson Card was in a rhythm and then just could not step on his foot basically when asked to be called in uh, so they have Ben Ballard at the ready, if, if that's where this goes. And if that's where this goes, that's, that's going to be quite a time. But uh, that, that was the, the main one. But then he, he continued about quarterback going forward. And I think he said basically what we all already know is that none of the guys who are on the roster right now have been able to reach up and say, yes, I'm that quarterback for 2022. It's going to be competition. He wants to see them develop through that competition. And that competition could include maybe someone they grab from the portal, someone they grab from the JUCO ranks, someone, even if it's Malik Murphy from high school, if it's another high schooler, they're after Devin Brown. It's This is kind of like, remember, that ahead of that 2018 season, that's why Casey Thompson and Cam Rising showed up on campus, because neither Shane Bouchelle nor Sam Ellinger reached up and grabbed that spot. Uh, eventually Ellinger did and had, you know, a, a, a great season that followed and a great career that followed. Texas is kind of in that similar position. There's no number one quarterback on that roster. So uh, anybody who is looking or is committed, they see, oh, I can come in here and I might be able to play early. Uh, so it, and maybe somebody does that and we'll see how that goes throughout the course of the offseason. Yeah, I thought he I thought he did a night. I thought Sarkeesian, in, you know, just talking through this. I thought he did a nice job of explaining that, you know, he wasn't, I, I really, and I will say this because uh, I am not soft on coaches, generally speaking by any stretch. Um, I thought he did, he's done a nice job, even in the uh, face of adversity this year of being fairly plain spoken uh, about how he's feeling and, and where it, they're at coming out and saying, 
There's, there's nothing wrong with coming out and saying what he said about the quarterback today. I mean, he's right. Um, neither Thompson nor Card have done enough to say I'm the undoubted starter heading into next fall. I don't think any Texas fan would say, oh, what are you saying? I mean, he said it in a way that I think is above board and lets both players know the, the, the situation beforehand. I think it lets the team know the situation beforehand so they can deal with it. Um, you know, the, the thing that I would go back to of everything that you said, I, well, before I want to say, I'm glad Jacoby Jones is going to get one more go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he came in here, uh, came into Texas with, uh, you know, fairly highly recruited, but not overwhelmingly recruited out of JUCO. Uh, found a niche for himself and got injured. Um, but ever since, they've really lacked, you know, they've they've needed him uh, at that that end position. You know, we'll see how much he's able to go, but I'm happy he's back for one final go at Texas. But I want to I want to push to what you were saying earlier about the glaring weaknesses. I mean, what are the things that that uh, go go beyond for him? And you said pass rush, offensive line, and then health. Um, you know, there has to be a overwhelming situation as it relates to the defense as well. Did he just remain numb or mum on that? Mention any kind of or in, in, any insight there whatsoever, or did he pretty much stay away from it? When I asked him, he didn't mention much of it. Uh, he was asked about the defensive coaching staff, and he he acknowledged like, yeah, this this is this is rough. It's been rough on them. It's been very rough on them. Uh, but he kind of fell back into an answer that he typically typically goes to. These guys have won before. They've been successful before. They didn't just forget once they showed up and uh, started wearing the logo. So, I mean, just a stock coach speak answer uh, I don't think was too revealing either way. Uh, but and that's, you know, that's something we're going to have to watch over these next this next month just because it was coach speak. He, he could have gone out and just been very, you know, very hard press or not hard pressed, but very firm in his answer about, you know, coming back, all that stuff. He kind of just fell back into, you know, their championship team or a championship level coaches, that type of thing have done well in the past, but he repeats the other line, everything's going to be evaluated. Uh, and that's something that he, he did say he's going to wait till after the season to do. So uh, just, just a couple more days till he gets to, gets to that juncture. Yeah. I, I have, did, did anybody mention that Texas opened as one and a half point favorites against Kansas state? Mm-mm. No, I mean, not not during the course of the press conference. Yeah, Vegas is. I, you know, I know what Vegas is thinking. Apparently, Skylar Thompson, the starting quarterback for uh, Kansas State, will be out this weekend, or they expect he's he's going to be out. And if that's the case, you know, I, but you know, Texas already lost to a second string or third string quarterback against Kansas. So yeah. I I don't know where Vegas comes up with this stuff. Um, not one real. Texas gets a little lucky and wins this weekend. Okay. They, they finished five and seven. Is is a bowl game completely out of the realm now? Do we know that for sure? Was that even brought up? I would have to look that up. I don't think that was asked. Um, I think that falls back to APR, which I'm, I'm, Texas usually does well in that category. Uh, there also just has to be leftover bowl games. There has to be enough uh, you know, uh, just not enough teams. What, how, how many bowl games are there? What, 42? So 84 teams. There's got to be, I guess, fewer than uh, 84 teams who reach that six win mark. And 
Texas A has to want to go there and B has to have that, have that APR. And part of me, I think they'll have the APR compared to other five and seven teams if they get there. I think Sarkeesian would prefer to have that bowl game, but I am curious if the program and the athletic department would want to do that, if that's a step that Texas wants to subject itself to. Um, but I guess if you're looking at it from a football coach perspective, you say 15 practices. Yeah. I don't care. You know, give me signed up. Yeah. Uh, I, think I, think it, I, it, I know it's a stretch. Right. right. And so I, I knew that when I asked the question, but I wanted to see if anybody had, had categorically one way or the other, because I've been asked that a couple of different places and uh, didn't have an answer. You know, I, I think that going at five and seven was already a stretch, whether Texas will be chosen over another team or not at five and seven. I don't know whether Texas would want to go. I, you know, who knows? My guess is that that is not something we actually have to worry about because it's highly unlikely, in my opinion, that Texas wins this weekend. Uh, no matter, I, I'd love to be more positive, but uh, based on what we've seen, it, it just nothing uh, has seemed to go right in the last month and a half uh, for the Longhorns. And, and uh, it is a snowball rolling downhill right now uh, and, and taking everything with it. Um, Joe, last regular season press conference of the year for, for Texas this, this week, right? Mm -hmm. What was your, your first year covering uh, Sark? What was your overall take of him? Um, I think he's been mostly pretty honest. You have to, you know, pull some injury information out of him because, like I said, we got – we heard Jacoby Jones was playing from Jacoby Jones, not from Steve Sarkeesian. That's that's a complaint I guess he can have of, of most head coaches. Um, never really – you know, I, I think he was stern with, with, with uh, the media. I don't think he was combative, but if he disagreed – uh, he would he would let you know. He'd say, "I don't agree with that," or "I don't think that's the case," or "That's your that's your assertion." Uh, but I don't think he ever was, you know, uh, combative or anything like that. And I think he gave pretty forthright, honest answers. And I think today may have been the best example of that. I don't think people want to hear that when they're on a six-game losing streak and uh, staring four and eight in the face. Uh, but you know, everything sounds like an excuse at that point. I don't think he was just, you know, throw, throwing excuses out there left and right. I think he accepted that uh, the issues fell upon him. He took responsibility for it. But, you know, what we've seen is that he just didn't do enough for, to show that they did something for, for on-the-field purposes. So, I overall, I mean, I'm, I don't have very many complaints for, for working, uh, with, I guess, working with Steve Sarkeesian this year. Uh, we'll see what happens if, uh, you know, things continue to be this way or what happens when he start maybe starts winning a bit more and if he keeps up that same uh, attitude. But, you know, overall, just I think he's pretty fair with the media and does a decent job. I think he's been a breath of fresh air in some ways uh, as it relates to that. He's not combative and he's not an excuse maker either. I haven't seen him unless unless you can think of a, a specific example. Um, despite all these losses, I, I can't remember a time where he threw anyone under the bus. Mm -mm. The one time was like after that Kansas game where I asked him, do you think players have tuned you out? He said, you should ask them. Uh, I, I, that made me raise an eyebrow because, you know, 
you should know that if you're the head coach. You should know if players are tuning you out because if, if they are, then, hey, something needs to change. You got to change that message. You got to figure out who those players are uh, and address that in the locker room. So that was kind of the only thing, and I ended up writing about it. Uh, other than that, like, there's no situation where, yeah. at least with the media, it's been like, whoa, what are you doing? What, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. Even that doesn't seem like a call out. It seems like he's asking because he doesn't know the answer. Right. right. And he wants them to answer for themselves because, hmm. you know, he can't speak for them uh, necessarily. Right. So I don't I I, I think that's I, I don't think he's an excuse maker, which, you know, we've seen our fair share of those in the past at Texas. Uh, at the same time, he's sitting at four and seven and, and he needs a win real bad this weekend. Uh, and uh not going to have Bajan Robinson. Zary Worthy is supposed to be healthy, though, I believe. Uh, not sure of the health of the starting quarterback at Texas or who it will be for sure. So uh, a lot of crazy stuff going on on the 40 uh, coming up uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Joe, uh, thank you so much uh, for everything you've done uh, and continue to do at InsideTexas.com. Uh, for Joe Cook, I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, please consider a subscription to InsideTexas.com. Do it, for, do it for your favorite Longhorn fan for Christmas. Sign up. Give us a try. Uh, we enjoy, uh, you know, talking Longhorns. Recruiting is getting hot and heavy right now. Eric Nalin, Justin Wells, Hudson Standish, Jerry Hamilton, all going in-depth on that every single day on Inside Texas. Also, please consider um, subscribing to our YouTube channel to hear more from me, Joe, and the Inside Texas game. Thanks again. Y'all have a good day.